You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Off and running on this Monday, December 7th. Hey there, how was everyone's weekend? Oh yeah, that good, huh? All right, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York, obviously. Way too much to squeeze into simply 60 minutes But let's get to as much of it as we can. Dive right in. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. We got to get to the Jets. We got to get to the Giants. We got day 33 of the Regal Tumble. Plenty to get to there. But I guess where we have to start is uh, over the weekend, the news came out about uh, changes to the schedule here at uh, 98.7 FM ESPN New York starting January 4th. Uh, Rick, Chris, and Dave, otherwise known as DPH Canty and Rothenberg, they are going to be moving to mornings. So big promotion for them. They'll be starting uh, on January 4th, 5 to 8 a.m. So first and foremost, big congratulations to those guys, promotion that they deserve And uh, you know that they will knock it out of the park no matter what day part they are taking part in. They always do. So that means for me, for this show, we will know I will no longer be hosting in this hour. I will still be doing updates during other shows. But in terms of hosting, uh, it doesn't look like right now that that is going to be on the table. Some things have been mentioned, but nothing is set as of yet. Uh, And as I've said, you know, in the past, I like to think that when you work these hours, and if you like the show, that we form a little bit of a bond over the last couple of years. And it has been an absolute blast doing this show. And I hope it's been entertaining, you know, between, you know, sports things, non-sports things, you know, rewatchable movies or the Regal Tumble or the Poop Rankings or Headlines, whatever it is. You know, some of you reached out over the weekend on Twitter and said that you love the show and that you'll miss the show. And I thank you for that. But we have, let's put it this way, we have until the end of this month to do the show And we will see what happens after the end of this month. Uh, But the Regal Tumble rolls on. People ask, what's going to happen to the Regal Tumble? We will figure it out. We will see how things end up. But enough of that for right now. Today, let's open with the Jets and the Giants. Because those two games yesterday, I think, are perfectly linked. How would you say, Gordon, how would you talk? It couldn't be any more night and day. Well, I would say, A, first off, Everyone yesterday, if you were a New York football fan, you got what you wanted. Christmas came early. Hanukkah came early. You got what you wanted. And the second thing is that yesterday, those two games, if you were like me and you sat at 1 o'clock and watched the Jets and then at 4 o'clock you watched the Giants, you don't need any more proof to see that coaching in the NFL matters. And let's start with that second one. Coaching in the NFL matters more than other sports, right? Like baseball, it seems like we're one step away from some team naming a Dyson vacuum, uh, and they'll just put the vacuum in the dugout, and it'll run the, you know, whatever the uh, front office tells them to do, and uh, that'll be the manager. And in the NBA, you know, you could be Red Arback, and, you know, it doesn't really, uh, it's not really going on a limb. If you don't have top players, you're not winning anything. If you don't have a top five player, you're not winning anything. And if you do have a top five player, uh, 85% of your job is just doing what that guy tells you to do. But in the NFL, coaching matters. And not that yesterday all of a sudden made you realize that, but there is no better dichotomy than what we saw between the Jets and Giants. And too often, uh, I think I'm guilty of this too, too often we are, as sports fans 
as sports radio listeners, we are far too negative, right? All we do is complain about this thing or that thing. And we'll get to the negative. Don't worry. Don't you worry your sweet little hearts. I will get to the Jets at some point. But let's start with the Giants because, first off, what a win by the Giants. What a job Joe Judge has done this year. I, you know, I remember when the pandemic hit and you, you saw the impact that it had, you know, first in, in, in the NBA and, and college basketball, and then not before too long, the impact it was going to have in terms of training camp and the draft and everything else for the NFL. I said I felt like Joe Judge getting the job when he did, taking over the team that he did, that he almost deserved the pass for the first year, right? Because here's a guy who's never coached, never been a head coach at any level, and now he's taking over an NFL team in the middle of what nobody has really ever had to deal with before. But no pass needed. To take his team into Seattle yesterday with a backup quarterback and, and not just win the game, they controlled the game in that second half. I mean, this was not, you know, sometimes teams pull out miracle wins. They throw some pass and, it, you know, it gets battered. They did not pull one out of their rear ends. They were the better team yesterday. They controlled that game. For now, the, the Seahawks didn't make it interesting down the stretch, but even when they made it interesting down the stretch, the Giants made the plays necessary to control that game. So now four wins in a row. And yesterday is a real signature win. You know, the first three... You know, beating teams in your division, it's not all that, you know, it's not all that impressive. And I said, you know, on Friday, I said, if the Giants want to prove something to me, go, and this is when I thought that there was still a chance that Daniel Jones might start, go into Seattle and, and beat the Seahawks. And when it was, you know, you, find, you got the eventual word that Daniel Jones was not going to play over the weekend, you know, not that I think that anybody was going to crush the Giants if they weren't able to go in to get, and get a win in Seattle, but to be able to go in there, play the way you did in the first half, and then come out in the second half and really control the game. Very, very impressive. So all credit goes to Joe Judge. All credit goes to that coaching staff. Safe to say that open sore of the uh, Mark Colombo firing has healed. That's for sure. Um, but you look, well, I think when you first show up, if you're Joe Judge, I would think that it's easy to get guys to buy into whatever. Look, if you can't get guys to buy in when you first show up as a head coach, well, then obviously you, were, you, you shouldn't have been hired. But when you're 0-5, I think it's very easy for those same guys to tune you out. And it's all well and good to say, well, no, we're really improving in this area and we're improving in that. You need to win games. So to come back from uh, starting 0-5 to now be sitting at 5-7 and 7 and the arrow clearly pointing up, uh, is very, very impressive. And as they said on the broadcast yesterday, which was uh, a rough listen at some times, the NFC East was 0-17 yesterday uh, up until that giant win when facing a team with a winning record. So now 1-7, or I guess 1-18, uh, if you consider the Eagles as well. So not just Joe Judge, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. I mean, the, the game plan to not just, I mean, really – shut down D.J. Metcalf to, uh, to the extent – I mean, he had five catches for 80 yards. That was the quietest five for 80 ever. And, and maybe the only thing that was quieter was Tyler Lockett going for six for 63. Russell Wilson uh, looked confused throughout the game. Giants did sack him a bunch. They had five sacks. But, you know, I thought it was even more impressive that on the plays where he had time to, you know, survey the field, and there was a bunch of – there was more than three or four. It was probably more than the sacks – 
he had time to, to, to spin around, to, to look down the field, to try and find and, and couldn't find anyone open. So what a job by the Giant defense. What a job by the Giant organization to go in there and get a win. Uh, Bradbury, you'd have to say that this year the team MVP, if you had to pick one guy as being the team MVP, I think it would have to be Bradbury. Each and every week he has been fantastic. He was primarily on uh, DJ Metcalf yesterday. So another fantastic job for him. Right behind him would have to be Leonard Williams. You know, you can still criticize, I think, the trade to get Leonard Williams. But he put up his best game, I would think, as a pro yesterday. And certainly his best game as a giant. But it's not just the star players like Bradbury or or Williams or even, you know, Blake Martinez. I think that what you look at when you look at the the defense that they put up and, and really the defense that they put up so far this year that between it's about guys being put in the right positions and uh, that it's not just the star guys, right? It's uh, it's, it's Crowder. It's um, uh, Carter Coughlin. It's uh, the, the other cornerback, Yadam, whatever his name is, Isaac Yadam. Um, all those guys, Lelos the, the, the last couple of weeks making plays. And it's, it's about coaching. And not just the head coaches, it's about the assistant coaches as well. So five and seven, uh, what that win does also, I think, you know, we were talking and we have been about how difficult the Giants schedule gets now and can they win any games? How many wins can they get to six wins? Now that you have five, you certainly got to feel like you're going to get at least a six. Um, but what that win does, I think, is it removes, the po- it removes any thought that any of these games now are not winnable. If you can go into Seattle with your backup quarterback, and it looks like Daniel Jones, I don't want to say for sure, but it looks like Daniel Jones will be back next week for the uh, Arizona game. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, you have a very good possibility of winning any. Now, I'm not going to say you're going to win all of them. I don't think that all of a sudden we're going to be looking back and saying the Giants won nine games this year, but I don't think that you, can, you can't rule out any of them either, right? Arizona. The Browns, the Ravens, and the Cowboys is what you have left. So you can take that game and look how the players respond to the game plan and uh, the message they get from their coaches, and they deliver. They buy in. They believe in the coach. They believe in the game plan. They believe in the philosophy and uh, the way the coach goes about things. So very, very impressive. You can't say enough good things about the uh, Giant win yesterday and, and doing it. Even if they had done it with Daniel Jones, it would have been impressive. But to do it with Colt McCoy going in there and making enough plays to, uh, to, to lead the team, the ground game was fantastic again. So you can't say enough positive things about what the Giants did yesterday. And the arrow clearly pointing up, clearly pointing up. So you have all those good things about the uh, Giants. And then, of course, you have the Jets. And um, how many times have I said it? The 2020 New York Jets, you have got to see it to believe it. But uh, we got some calls, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Oh, Tony and Yonkers wants to get to the Jets. All right, we'll hold Tony uh, to get to the Jets. Coming up, we will get to the Jets because, as I've said many, many times, you have to see it to believe it. No, no single statistic, no number, even in this day and age of analytics, would do it justice. You have to sit there on Sundays and actually watch the performance of the team. 0-12 does not do it justice. Simply saying the Jets are 0-12 does not encapsulate the awfulness of the team. 
Saying that they're the worst team in the league doesn't do it justice. In the conversation for worst teams of all time, doesn't do it justice. You have to see it to believe it because on any given day, they always talk about on any given Sunday, right? And any given day, you could see something in sports you've never seen before. And there's probably a better chance with the Jets of seeing something you've never seen before than with any other day, with any other team on any given day. So coming up, we'll pick through the fuselage that is the, uh, the Jets, the worst of the NFL with just an absolutely mind-boggling loss that in any other situation would bring about anger, but not this year. So it just shows you how, uh, you know, where the Jets are at at this point. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. Hey, it's the most wonderful time of the year, and the Michael K. Show holiday broadcast is back this year. We are giving you a chance to hit the airwaves with Michael, Don, and Peter with your holiday hot take. Everyone's got them, right? So fire one off for your chance to win some holiday spending cash and your way on air during the Michael K. Show holiday broadcast on Wednesday, December 16th. Dial in to the Holiday Hot Take Hotline right now, 347-974-ESPN. That's 347-974-3776. And leave us a message with your best hot take. Four winners will each score 250 bucks and a shot at the spotlight during the show with the biggest name in sports, the Michael K. Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, so we touched on the Giants. We will get to, you know, kind of around the league with uh, Week 13 coming up. We will get to the Regal Tumble coming up. But, you know, we have not yet spoken about the Jets. We opened with the Giants and how and the NFL coaching matters and the Giants' talent it does not really match with how well they have played this year. And that's the story in the NFL. Teams, you know, the, the talent level from team to team is not that great that you have to be able to take your guys and maximize their production, and that's absolutely what Joe Judge has been doing, and that's what the Giants have been doing. And then there's the Jets. The Jets yesterday lost a game that really only the Jets could lose, right? I mean, and this is not to say you should be upset, and I don't think Jet fans are upset. Maybe there are some. Now, it's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing to lose the game, That, but at the end of the day, You don't want to win a game. And that is exhibit A as for why you don't fire Adam Gase. What are you talking about, Gordon? You're saying they just lost an embarrassing game. Right. If they fire Adam Gase today, there's a better chance that next time they're in that position, if they're ever in that position again, they'll win the game. And the last thing you need, if you're a Jet fan at this point in time, is to win a game. Win some meaningless game. Well, how do you know they're meaningless? They're all meaningless. There's nothing to be gained by winning at this point. Nothing is to be gained. After the game, I can't remember if it was the post game or, but what people were saying about, you know, oh, it's tough for Jet fans. No, it's not. It's a delight. You almost, you almost clinched the number one pick yesterday. I mean, the Jaguars. Really gave the uh, the Vikings a, a fight down the stretch of that game, put it to overtime, and I said on Friday, I feel like the Jets, even though I do think they will get the number one pick, I think they will get Trevor Lawrence, I think that they will fire Adam Gase, it still feels like that there will be a point, and I said on Friday, 
that they will give you a scare, right? It, it can't just be smooth sailing. Even as bad as they've been, it's not just going to be an easy road to that number one pick. Sunday was it. You are never winning a game. You're never getting close to winning or closer to winning a game than you came on Sunday. And Sunday, you'd have to say, that's the most entertaining the Jets have been this year. The combination of their game and the way it ended and that uh, Jaguars-Vikings game is the Jags the only team that could possibly mathematically really at this point catch the Jets. The highs and the lows, it was absolutely incredible. But to be able for the Jets to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory, to me, Lamar Jackson should be put into the Jets' ring of honor. If it turns out that they do get the number one pick, you'd have to say that that play, giving up that touchdown at the end of the game to uh, Ruggs, that is going to be an all-time highlight. An all-time highlight. And I thought it was over when the Jets got that fourth down stop in the end zone. I figure, all right, the game's over. You know, I went back to the uh, Octo Box, right? On Sunday ticket, you got the eight games. And when it was getting down to the wire, the Jets fall down the way they do in the second half all the time. And I thought to myself, well, that ends, you know, when they got down, what was it, 10 points? That ends the competitive portion of the Jets game because every time they get down, even by seven points, the game's pretty much over. But that they were able to, to fight back and claw back and actually take a lead. So I was watching it exclusively. And uh, for when they got that fourth down stop in the end zone, you figure, all right, the Jets have finally figured out a way to win a game. Now, the Jaguar game was still kind of up in the air, and I thought that the Jaguars would end up winning the game, and then you'd kind of still be in the same position that you're in, and you're still in the same position, right? If the Jets win any of these final four games and the Jaguars lose out, based on the tiebreakers right now, Jaguars would get that number one pick. So it's still very, very close, even though you are in the lead in the race. But make clear, because you hear this all the time, well, you know, the Jets are tanking. That play is not the result. You better hope that's not the result of tanking. For that play to be the result of tanking, that would mean that Greg Williams or somebody on the coaching staff uh, it, it has a, some sort of ins- assurance that they're going to be back. That is not tanking. That is sucking. There's a difference. The Jets are not tanking. Don't, any, don't let anybody try to convince you, and God forbid... Adam Gase is ever able to convince someone within or, or, you know, ownership that they're tanking. You know, there's a theory about people who believe in conspiracies, and they do so because conspiracies at their core are comforting. Because if you believe in a conspiracy, you believe that someone is in control, right? The Illuminati or the aliens or whoever. The truth is actually far more scary that nobody's in control. So, no, that is, not a, that is not a plan. That was not a plan to run that play. That was, the, that was what Greg Williams thought was a good idea. And it's amazing, right? The, the, the Raiders get the touchdown. There's, what, like nine seconds left. So they kick off a terrible kickoff that gets fielded at the 50, I think it was. So the Jets have a shot to at least get a Hail Mary off or something. And you see how the Raiders defended it? They had three guys standing in the end zone because they knew the only thing that could hurt them was a touchdown. With the amount of time left, there was no, you know, no timeouts, all that stuff. From Adam Schefter, since 2006, there have been 251 plays run in the situation that the Jets were in yesterday. Final 15 seconds, team with a four to eight point lead and 40 yards plus to the end zone. 
Nobody, no other team has ever had seven rushers in that situation. So when the Jets ran their Hail Mary, which I have to assume, what did the Jets call their Hail Mary? Like, praise Satan? Like, it has to be the opposite of Hail Mary. And after the game, Marcus May said, uh, quote, we have to uh, execute, but you have to help us out at the same time. Basically going right at Greg Williams. So wondering if uh, Alex Lewis is going to have some uh, company on the non-football injury list next Sunday. You know, the Giants are an example of any given Sunday, you know, being able to go and with a backup quarterback, go into Seattle and get that win. The Jets are an example of every freaking Sunday. Every freaking Sunday, they figure out ways to lose. And at this point, thank if you're a Jet fan, thank God they did. Thank God they did. To blow that after all of this, then there's not even a silver lining. At least you have the silver lining of getting the number one pick and having some hope. Might not be great hope. You, you got a lot of things you got to fix. But to think that there's the possibility that you could even blow that, well, then, then, then everything's lost. All right, 1 800 919 ESPN, 1 800 919 3776. Tony is in Yonkers, is it? Tony, go, my man. How are you? I'm good, Tony. What's going on? Nah, not so much, man. I tell you, yesterday the Jets put a scare on everybody, you know? Absolutely. You know I mean? It's week 13. They're playing like it's week three, you know? And they're going to give up the uh, first the first round, uh, the first pick in the, in the draft this year. I'm watching this game. I'm saying to myself, is it possible that these guys could actually pull out a win today? Why are they trying to win, you know? but Well, look, I mean, know, you know, Gase and, and the coaching staff and the players, they don't care about the, the you know, they don't care about Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, most of the yeah, well, players are not going to be here for him, and care. certainly the coaches aren't either. You know? What's that? With the fans, though, with the fans, like I was yeah. watching the game with a couple of my friends. We were looking at each other. We're like saying, saying to ourselves, "Now they're going to win. They're going to win this week." Are you right. kidding me? You know? Yeah. But I mean, look, I, I guess there is still the possibility that they win a game here. I mean, their schedule's difficult. Uh, they really should have. Um, you know, the Raiders are a far better team than the Jets are, so it really shouldn't have been that close even no, yesterday, but. Fine. I think I, I think you thing. have uh, survived the storm. I got one more thing though. I think Carson Wentz in Philadelphia is over. Is that is over? Yeah, I mean we'll get to that when we kind of run around the league. Uh, yeah, I th- <laughs> I don't think you're going out on much of a limb there. Unfortunately, you know he's got that contract extension that uh, you know pays him all that money that uh, it, it's almost impossible for them to move him. So I don't I don't know what they're going to do there. Uh, John is in Valley Stream. John, what's going on, my man? Hey, good morning. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm I just have a quick. Uh, um, I'm a Giant fan, you know, but I also I, I love watching your young athletes uh, prosper. And I just, you know, the whole year I've been I've been listening to you day in and day out every day. And uh, you know, I'm not on the, I'm not on the uh, Sam Donald bandwagon. I really do feel it's a lot. But you know, I think you just walked into a mess of an organization. I just want to get your take and your opinion. This kid, I, I just, you know, the way it looks, he's he's, he's going to be moved. What do you feel, uh, you know, and not Belichick sticking it to the Jets, but what do you feel about him moving to the Patriots? And how long do you think it's going to take a, a solid organization like maybe Indy, the Patriots, or uh, you know, even Pittsburgh to kind of develop this kid into the potential that I think he can reach? Um, uh, well, he's not going to go to the Patriots because the Jets are going to be able to trade him someplace. And even if the, the Patriots were offering you the best deal, the last thing you need is for him to go there and prosper and make, uh, you know, I, I know you don't worry about what other teams do, but I would think if you're the Jets, you're going to send him anywhere but, um, you know, to, the, to some team in your division where he's going to come back and haunt you for the next uh, a couple of years. I, I don't know. You know, I, I thought it was uh, I thought he was a, a good prospect coming out. I don't know how much of it is 
the situation. And, you know, like you can take a look at other players who have prospered once getting away from Gase. But, you know, for, for Ryan Tannehill, he had some success in the NFL. His biggest issue was injuries. With Darnold, it feels like his failures are just so – I mean, he's such a mess that, I mean, it has to be – it's going to have to be some team that really kind of goes back to square one in terms of fundamentals because a lot of times he's making the same mistakes he was making year one, and I get the talent's not great, the coaching's not great, but a lot of that stuff is on him, man. But do you think that – I mean, the mistakes he's making – this is where I look at it. The mistakes he's been making since day one – I just don't feel there's a, the organization and the coaching is there to even even attempt to correct these properly. And and also, you know, off the subject, I just wanted to wish you a happy belated uh, birthday and, and, and Thanksgiving. And I, wanted to, I wanted to thank you. I've been working throughout the pandemic. I listen to you religiously every morning. And I just want to uh, give a shout-out and give you props because you do a great job. Um, and you've been doing a fantastic job every day since I've been listening to you. Man. Thanks, Thanks, John. I appreciate that. Man. Yeah, look, man, uh, we appreciate you. You know, we went with uh, the different theme song at the start of the pandemic, and, you know, I was mentioning it at the time, but we salute all the people that have been out there working this entire time. So uh, we appreciate what you do. And, uh, you know, in terms of of the Jets, you know, they're going to have a lot of decisions to make. I would like to think that, you know, that Darnold can go to some situation, either Indy or San Francisco or get with somebody, because at the end of the day, this – you know, the NFL, it's not for long, right? That's the old line, NFL, not for long. He's got one more spot to go to to kind of reinvent himself and get back to the guy that we thought he was coming out. Now, the Jets have done him no favors in terms of the talent they've surrounded him with. The coach that they've surrounded him with clearly was a mistake as well. Um, but there's a lot of mistakes. You know, this is he is not blameless. Let's put it that way. He's not blameless. And again... You know, if Darnold, who will be on with the K show today, I think it's 5.30, if he wants to stay here, as, as Michael mentioned it last week, all, really, all he's got to do is win a game. You know, win one game, and all of a sudden the Jets are picking number two, and then it's not the foregone conclusion. That I think it's still they would probably still go with a quarterback because I think everybody just needs a fresh start. But if he goes out and wins a game and plays, you know, better than he did yesterday – then all of a sudden it's going to put the Jets in a very, very difficult position. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Coming up, moment of inspiration. We will go around the league for week 13, but also, more importantly, day 33 of the Regal Tumble. Pod 2 rolls on, and this week, big week. we got some big shows coming, one of them today. So we'll find out what it is coming up. Five years. Here comes an all-out blitz. Steps up in the pocket. Ah! Unloads one down the left sideline. Looking for runs. Drops it in. Touchdown. Are you kidding me? Henry runs down the sideline and Carr finds him for a go-ahead touchdown with five seconds to go. Now that's unbelievable, Bob. Unbelievable how you can allow a receiver to get behind you. Unbelievable. Now, you hear some cheering, and it sounds like it's the Raiders, but actually there was a few Jet fans who uh, somehow snuck in to MetLife, and they were the ones actually cheering. That's the first time I heard. I wanted to wait to hear Bob's calls, because Bob calls 
are phenomenal. He does a fantastic job giving you emotion, giving you, you know, setting the scene and not just the nuts and bolts, but also the, the way he delivers it is fantastic. So there you go, your moment of inspiration. And that should actually be inspiring for the Jet fans because you knew it was going to come. You knew there was going to be a scare here. And who knows, maybe there will be another one. There's still four games left. And with the Jets, you never know. As I always say, the 2020 New York Jets, you got to see it to believe it. Your moment of inspiration for this Monday morning. I should also tell you, hey, don't miss uh, Disney's new movie, Safety, inspired by a true story of Clemson football safety, Ray McElrathley, starting, start streaming exclusively on Disney Plus on December 11th. All right, so we've got the moment of inspiration out of the way. We've talked Jets, we've talked Giants, but today, day 33 of the Regal Tumble, Pod 2 rolls on. Now, when we last left on Friday, it was a whole different world. And it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Joined the fray on Friday, and it seems fitting that uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. No, it's not. It's already out because it got uh, booted on Friday. So we head into day 33, and this is going to be a big week. A lot of uh, big shows that, uh, you know, very well could go all the way. But the, the shows that we know, they're in the mix once again. Of course, we have The Office. Yes. Very, very strong performances. It's re-entered into the field. Who else? It seems today that all you Family Guy. Not as good as performance on the, their second day on the, uh, on the, on the, the big vote countdown, but uh, still in there, able to, you know, survive in advance. That's the motto. And then, of course... As I mispronounced or misspelled on the first day, everybody loves Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond is in there as well. So those are the three that we know are in there. Let's find out the countdown today. Who's joining the field? Up from everybody loves Raymond, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, a whole different field there. The Shield, yes, one of the all-time classics. One of, I mean, really, 8.7 on IMDb. Uh, the Seppenwall TV book puts them 13th of all time. And if you go into a series and you want a, a series to end in the right way, you know, there's so many great series, you know, Game of Thrones, Lost to a certain degree. The, the, the ending, it completely falls apart. If you've never seen The Shield, those final, what, five, seven episodes, whatever it was, oh, my God, now it's not a walk down memory lane. It's a tough, tough uh, nut to crack there. Wow, what a what a five or seven episodes. I don't remember how many episodes they had, but the, the way that wrapped up was incredible. So The Shield entering the mix today. Do I have the poll question? I do have it up. Look at that. I got it all together, people. You can vote on the Regal Tumble starting right now. It is up on Twitter. Uh, at Gordon Damer. All right, let's try to run around the league a little bit and uh, get some other games in. And this segment is not just around the league. It really is games that Gordon bet on on Sunday. Brought to you. It should be brought to you by FanDuel. It's not, but it should be. Uh, and my favorite stat from yesterday, Darren Waller of the Raiders, the Raiders tight end, 13 catches for 200 yards. Do you realize that this season, Jets tight ends have 224 yards total the three of them for the season. Darren Waller had 200 yesterday. All right, so let's get to the other games because, as I said last week, there's never a game that I bet on 
And within the first, like, you know, 10 minutes of the game, I'm like, all right, got that one in the bag, nailed it again, Gordon. But there's plenty of times it goes the other way. So the two big games that I was on this week, the Saints beat the Falcons 21-16. But, of course, I mean, I just had to sweat it out right down to the wire. Falcons scored with, like, seven minutes to play after getting completely outplayed the entire game. And then they got the ball again. I think they had it down to, like, the 15 or the 13, but they got stymied. So I have to say, and I know this is probably not the right thing to say, I hate Taysom Hill. Can we pray for Drew Brees to the sports gods? Please, sports gods, Heal Drew Brees. We need to get him back out there because for my fantasy team, Taysom Hill is killing me. Absolutely kill. I put this up last week and people, oh, it sounds like a fantasy. Yes, of course. I don't care about Drew Brees or Taysom Hill. I mean, to a certain degree, but not really. I care about me. I care about my wallet. Taysom Hill finally threw a touchdown pass yesterday, his first since he uh, was at BYU. But look, I don't have any soul left to bargain with, but whatever soul I do have, I need Drew Brees back weeks 15 and 16. Those are my fantasy playoffs. So please, sports gods, uh, we pray to you. Uh, I also decided yesterday, you know what? You know what other game I really like? The Titans. Because I am, in fact, this is a little known fact, I am, in fact, an idiot. Anytime I bet on the Titans, it, it might be five minutes into the game, it might be 15, it might be a half hour, it might be halftime, whatever. I always regret betting on the Titans. It's always a mistake. Either I bet for them, and it's a mistake, or I bet against them, and then they're world beaters. And so Sunday morning, I'm sitting there drinking my coffee. Doi, 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 doi. You know what? Let's take a shot on the Titans again. And look at that. They let me down again. The Browns scored on five straight possessions. And you know what? The, the FanDuel has the cash-out feature where you just, you know, you, you, depending on where the game is, you can get a little bit of whatever you bet back. Uh, and uh, I was looking to do that, and FanDuel was like, no, you, you, you took this, you deserve. I mean, it was like I would have gotten back a nickel, you know what I mean? So it was like no point on doing that. So rough one there. I took a loss there. Uh, other games this week, the Dolphins beat the Bengals 19-7, to uh, and it was a rough one to watch. A lot of players got uh, kicked out of the game for fighting or fisticuffs or whatever, uh, and they were the lucky ones because they didn't have to watch the rest of it. It was a, it was a rough one to watch. I don't think that Tua Tungavailoa is very good. And if the draft were to happen again today, and like Joe Burrow was not hurt, you could make the argument that Joe Burrow would go number one. You could make the argument that Justin Herbert might go number one. Nobody anywhere would say that Tua deserves to go number one. Like there's, a, there's already been a separation between the quarterbacks. That said, this season for the Dolphins is about, you know, getting him into the mix, breaking him in, let him get through the rough spots. It's not about the playoffs. Now, if they make the playoffs, fantastic. But you got to find out what you have. This is supposed to be your franchise quarterback, right? And it was great that he was actually able to play. He was over his thumb injury and back out there after missing a game already in his career, even though he had all these uh, whatever. Uh, at halftime, Bill Cower is talking about how the Dolphins should go back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. What are you talking about? Absolutely not. It's about finding out what you have. Throw them out there. Now, I'm not saying throw them to the wolves, but throw them out there. Let them struggle. Everybody struggles, even him. So let them struggle a little bit, and uh, they got to win against the Bengals. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, Colts beat the Texans. I didn't watch that one. 26-20. A happy Houston loss because of the Dolphins draft picks. Uh, they get the Houston picks in first and second round this year. Lions beat the Bears 34-30. Didn't watch because I'm not a sadist, but it did. I, I wasn't focused on it, but I was watching, you know, in the Octo box. And watching it a little bit here and there, and it was an entertaining game. But to me, that's exhibit 
B as to why you don't fire Adam Gase, right? The three coaches who have been fired this year, the guys who make their debut for the team after the head coach got fired, they've all won their debut. So that last thing you want to do, now maybe you don't, maybe it's not four for four, but why take that chance? Why take that chance? The Bears have now lost six in a row. They started five and one, and they have lost six in a row. And I was looking at their upcoming schedule. They play in Jacksonville uh, week 16, and there are actually tickets for that game. Could you imagine? Could you? Don't you have anything? I don't care if you're a Jaguar fan, a Bear fan. You have to have something bigger in your life than going to watch the Bears and Jaguars in week 16. Oh, my God. Speaking of the Jags, they got beaten by the Vikings in overtime, 27-24. Jags, every single week, man, they're right in the game. They've, I mean, they have, I'm sure they've gotten blown out a couple of times. But even like the Steeler game where they got blown out, they hang tough, man. They fight. And that game-tying field goal might have been, I don't know if anybody else was watching it, had to be the worst camera angle of all time. It was like the, the first time that camera band ever touched a camera because it was like, off to the side, never saw the ball go through. I mean, like, there's only one thing to focus on, the ball going through the uprights, but they didn't do that. Uh, Patriots uh, just squeaked one out against the Chargers, 45 nothing. Chargers are tired of losing at the last minute, so they fixed that. Every time I looked up at the ga- that game, something weird was happening. The Chargers missed a field goal on their opening drive. They had a punt return, returned for a touchdown by the Patriots. They also had their own field goal blocked for a touchdown. The Pats at one point had punted five times. Three times the Chargers had the wrong amount of guys on the field. Anthony Lynn also kept Justin Herbert in that game, even though they, as I said, lost 45 to nothing. And then afterwards, Anthony Lynn said, quote, I expect to be the coach of this team tomorrow. That just feels like you're asking for trouble at that point, right? Like you don't say, you know, just, I don't know what you say, but say something that's a little bit more ambiguous than that. Uh, Packers. Beat the Eagles 30-16. to 16. Just from the little bit I saw, I'm pretty sure Carson Wentz was sacked 55 times in that game, which has to be a new record. You know, the, the conversation about Wentz or Hurts at this point, it's already too late. Like, even if you're hoping to get, like, a boost from, from starting Jalen Hurts, you're 3-8-1. and one. It's too late. You're already done. Uh, Rams beat the Cardinals. Sean McVay now 33-0 when leading at halftime and 7-0 against Arizona in his career. And Kyler Murray, boy, that Kyler Murray MVP uh, bandwagon, that has uh, been uh, overturned on the, uh, the cross Bronx pretty quickly. All right, that's going to do it for the Around the League, what Gordon bet on this week. Coming up, we'll get more of your phone calls involved, more of the Regal Tumble, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. Oh, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. In case you're just joining us today, oh, my goodness. I mean, what haven't we touched on today? We touched on the Giants' sensational win in Seattle yesterday. Proof that the Giants are headed in the right direction with uh, Joe Judge. You know, the last three weeks, yeah, you got wins, but, you know, who are you beating, right? You're beating the Bengals without Joe Burrow. I mean, that yesterday, that's a signature win, and it was not the type of win where you, you fluked into a win or you pulled out some late... No, you controlled the game. You controlled the game and did so with your backup quarterback. So that is a sensational win. Great job by Joe Judge, who has to be in the... Con- I don't think he'll win, but we don't know. There's still a month of football really left to go here, uh, but he has to be in the conversation for Coach of the Year. Coming in, given the circumstances that he had to overcome 
in the pandemic and everything else, and taking over a team that the last three years has been the worst team in football. What Joe Judge has done, what his coaching staff did yesterday, what they've done all year, really does uh, deserve all the uh, attention and credit. So great job by them. It's been a very long time since the Giants had a win like that. You'd have to say it has to be right Ben McAdoo's first year. And going into the day yesterday, the NFC East, 0-17 when facing a team with a winning record. And not only did the Giants get the win, they do so with Colt McCoy as their quarterback. So fantastic job by them. And to me, yesterday, the Jets and the Giants, those two games are linked because it shows you, well, first, everybody got what they wanted early Christmas for, for both Jets and Giants fans, but it proves that coaching matters. And it proves that if you're looking for some hope after this year for the Jets, it's not just that it's Trevor Lawrence. You have to, you have to at least hope that whoever comes in here after Adam Gase is fired, after this season is over, or after you have secured the number one pick in the draft, you have to believe that whoever that person is, they will be able to get more production out of whatever players remain on the roster from this year's roster. Because the Jets lost a game yesterday that only the Jets could lose. Only they, after getting a fourth down stop, 0-11, getting a fourth down stop, taking over the ball at home, you got to lead. All you got to do is just not fall on your face. And that's exactly what the Jets did yesterday. But that's what you wanted. If you're a Jet fan, that's what you, there's nothing to be gained by firing Adam Gase yet. That's exhibit A for why you do not fire Adam Gase just yet. And you should not be upset of losing that game because there's nothing to be gained by winning a meaningless game. And how do you know that it's a meaningless game? They're all meaningless games at this point. There's nothing to be gained at this point by winning. So uh, that is the story for today. We'll be back tomorrow starting at 5. Please vote on the Regal Tumble. It's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. We'll see you tomorrow. 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.